Hey guys, today I am interviewing Frank Yosa, the CEO and founder of Ketone Aid, a ketone ester company. Frank is one of the OGs of the keto space. He is so knowledgeable on this topic. And in today's episode, he goes into not only the benefits of ketone esters, but also salts and the science behind them, how to understand them, how to pick one wisely, how they work in the body, not only therapeutically, but also for sports performance. You are going to learn everything you ever wanted to know about ketone bodies in this episode. So I really hope you enjoy. We'll go ahead and jump right into it. Here is Frank. All right. Hey, Frank, how's the beach? Hey, thank you very much. Uh, it's, I'm not on a beach. I'm on a lake, but not on a beach. (laughs) Oh, 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 my bad. You actually, you really are on a lake, but if you guys aren't watching on the video version of this, by the way, my podcast is on my YouTube channel. Um, if you're watching the video version, you can see that Frank is actually at the beach. He's got some cool backdrops there, which I love. Um, while at the time of this recording, we're kind of at the peak of coronavirus craziness. And so just seeing that beach background brings, brings some peace to my soul right now. So thank you for having yeah. some uplifting, uh, visuals there. It was um, guys, that or a brick, a brick wall and the brick wall looked more like a prison. So that feels, <laughs> that was the, the beach. yeah, this uh, definitely, this was the beach was the way to go. So guys, I'm excited to introduce you to Frank because Frank Yosa is the founder and CEO of Ketone Aid. And he is the guy, if you want to know what the deal is with ketones, well, here is the guy. I brought him straight to you guys. So I'm super excited to have you educate not only on ketone esters, which is mostly what you sell, but also on ketone salts. Because um, we met at Metabolic Health Summit just a couple months ago out in Long Beach. And um, I was like, oh, were you the one who was giving Ben Greenfield ketone esters when he was doing his Spartan races? So do you want to tell that story? Yeah, so he was getting some of the earliest stuff that we were making, where it used to used to cost us five hundred dollars a serving. Like I only drank it maybe twice in the first couple of years because I was like, "What's the point of me drinking it? Why waste it on me if if we want to see the performance on other people?" And back then, it actually tasted much worse as well. But the worse it tasted, probably maybe even placebo effect. The faster Ben would run, the worse it tasted. But yeah, he he did some epic epic runs and then took it on to Joe Rogan's show and Joe Rogan drank it and said that it tasted like sucking on Godzilla's tit was his uh, <laughs> thing. And, and he, he enjoyed it, asked me for some more and stuff, but that's, that's um, so awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Shall, let's, let's back up a little bit into how you even got into this business. And I know your, your wife's godfather's Dr. Veach. Will you tell us a little bit about that and your background and how you got into this whole world? Yeah. So my wife's godfather, Dr. Richard Beach, he actually just recently passed away a couple of weeks ago. And he's been working on this for 30, 40 years, trying to find a way to mimic the benefits of the ketogenic diet and multi-day fasting into a drink. And uh, four or five years ago, he was very frustrated that it hasn't come to market. I initially tried to help him raise money, but the thought of telling a venture capitalist, hey, people are going to pay $30, $60 per drink that tastes like vomit. Hey, give me some money. They're yeah. just like, you know, yeah, right. We have 50 <laughs> other doctors saying that, oh, we got this great tasting, this and that, that we'll do under. And so right. I decided to, you know, put my money where my mouth is and just, you know, go all in and, and do it uh, myself. 
Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I can t- attest that it doesn't quite taste like Godzilla's tits. It's like you, you must've improved the formula a little bit and actually we'll get into your different formulas now. Cause now you have a combination of salts and esters, right. which actually tastes really good. Like there's no problem with that one at all. So I, but I wanted to go back cause you were educating me a little bit on ketone salts now. So if anybody listening is, doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about exogenous ketones, ketones that come from outside of your body. So not the ones that you make through a nutritional ketogenic diet, but actually that you can take in and what's out there on the market. Most places you're going to get BHB beta hydroxybutyrate. There's lots of companies now that sell ketone salts, but will you fill, uh, fill in the audience a little bit on like the quality and how to know the difference between what a good effective one is and what isn't right. It's really hard to find. So, um, let's explain the difference quickly about ketone salt versus ketone ester. So one of the main ingredients, the main ingredient or the main uh, molecule that people want to get into their system and into their blood is beta hydroxybutyrate. And beta hydroxybutyrate by itself is acidic. So if you were to drink that by itself, you're, it just would be way too acidic. So the solution is to add a base, or some people say add salt to that. And that salt can be sodium, potassium, magnesium, calcium. So you add a base to raise the pH so that you can get BHB into your system. So the ketone salts, um, most of them, 95, 99% of them on Amazon, like this one right here, Keto Force, are what are called racemic. And racemic is this concept of you know the D form or L form. The L stands for left, and I think it's Latin or something. But uh, the D form is what your body uses. But most of these are racemic, having both the D form and the L form. The D and the L are both acidic. So both of those forms, you have to add a bunch of base, a bunch of salt to bring up the pH, even though only the D form is what gets into your blood. And uh, that's what you test when you test with the blood meter is the D beta hydroxybutyrate. There are some theories that the L form might have other signaling properties and might stay in your system longer. Yeah, sure. Because your body is foreign to your body. It's not natural. Um, so Dr. Beach was a big uh, advocate for just the D form, like to take the L form, he said, you know, stay away from it with a you know 15 foot pole. So the D form is the bioavailable form, the form that your body is designed to use. It's a form that creates energy, ATP. Um, but most of them have the L form. And unless it goes out of its way in the ingredients to say that it's the D form, or sometimes it's referred to as the R form, just to make things you know more confusing. If it doesn't go out of its way to say the D form, it's going to be racemic because it costs exponentially more to make it non-racemic. Um, and there's one company, for example, that I've been talking about for three or four years, even before the ester came out saying, if you're going to buy a salt, buy the Prove It brand. Prove It is a multi-level marketing company. They had one product called Max and one product called Nat. These are, the Max was 90% the D form and Nat is 100% the D form. I said, if you're, if you're gonna take a salt, take these. Now. The problem with all these salts, the racemic and even the non-racemic, is that the salt load is just still way too high. So this one has, you know, two grams, uh, two grams of total salt load, and you add sodium, and you got you can't just look at sodium. The trick is oftentimes people just look at sodium, but magnesium, calcium, and potassium, those are all salts as well. They're going to give you the same bloating and runs and stuff. Um, so these racemic salts just have a massive salt load, so you can't take that much. The non-racemic has half the salt load for the amount of beta hydroxybutyrate, so it's better, but it's still, one of those pouches will still have like a full gram of salt. And I know 
ketogenic diet, you're supposed to take more salt. You know, I get that and I respect that and I agree with that. But this is just a massive quantity of salt. So people report that they can't put their rings on or that they get um, they get the runs and they say, oh, you know, the ketone salts, they don't work for me. It's not the ketones, it's the salts. You just took a massive, massive dose of salt. I mean, you could isolate and just take some salt pills and, and see what happens when you take the same quantity of salt pills and, you know, the same thing is going to happen. So a lot yeah. of people will, will use these ketone salts to enter into a ketogenic diet because they're told that the, the ketone salts get you into, uh, let me turn off my phone here, that they, they get you into ketosis, a concept that I disagree with and I'll talk yeah. about later because, you know, right. burning, you drink a drink, it doesn't make you burn fat and right. all those things are misleading. Ketosis in 15, yes. 30 minutes, like I, I don't agree with any of those. We'll talk about that in a second. But the reason why ketone salts work initially on people trying the ketogenic diet for the first time is the first two weeks entering keto, you lose five pounds of water weight. People love the diet. Look, I lost weight. Okay, kind of. You actually lost water, which might make you happy. But with that massive amounts of five pounds of water goes massive quantities of salt. We're talking about like hospitalization quantities of salt are, are out of your system. My wife you know, was my guinea pig. Uh, entering into a ketogenic diet she was you know in a fetal position on in the bed uh with a you know headache heart racing short of breath like what have you done to me and i made a few phone calls to some experts and they said how much salt did she take and if i don't have the answer to that that means not enough and right. i immediately gave her you know the equivalent of you know 10 or 15 of these salt pills and and that was that within 15 minutes she was up and around right yeah. I even talked to another 92-year-old lady who was rushed to the hospital. She's like, oh, I don't like the keto diet. You know, I, I got rushed to the hospital. And I said, I can tell you what the problem was. She said, how can you tell me? It took two hours for these Harvard, MBA, uh, Harvard <laughs> MDs to figure out what it was. I said, it was lack of salt. She's like, how did you know that? I'm like, yeah, it's a major problem. Major, if your doctor uh -huh. tells you, go do the keto diet. And all you hear is 80% fat, 15% protein, but you leave out the salt content you're gonna get what's called the keto flu. 80%, mm -hmm. this is not scientific, but my estimate, estimation is 80% yeah. of the keto flu is just yeah. salt. So these people are taking these ketone salts, thinking that they're feeling the ketones that are in there, but they're eat, they're actually just feeling the salt load. You can save a whole bunch of money just getting you know uh, a crap ton of salt. I use yeah. these cheap Himalayan crystal salts that are capsules, because I don't like to drink salt water. Some other people do. Um, so I get these, I used to use these thermotabs salt um but i you know, switched over to just a pink himalayan salt and you know you just need that for the first couple of weeks weeks in high doses and then afterward if you stay keto i keep replenishing with salt but people say after two weeks hey the ketone salts don't work for me anymore why is that because you went through the transition period you don't need massive quantities of salt anymore so the ketones are just so minuscule it's just not doing anything and most of these products like to put caffeine into the product so that you i mean some of these yeah. products only are sold in caffeine version why because the mm -hmm. amount of ketones that are in there they might be small it multiplies that caffeine so it's the caffeine mm -hmm. that you're feeling right. so that jittery you know energy that's just you know go buy a red bull go get you know caffeine tablets <laughs> and save time because the feeling of actual ketones is not that it's not that jittery no. caffeine no, no. buzz it's a calming ninja type energy and you're just missing it if you just take caffeine. If anything, you could actually take the ester to wean off of caffeine, which is a whole other, you know, 
thing, get off of a stimulant and move to something you know, more I, natural. And I did do that. I did use ketones. I used um, Pruvit's ketones to help me get off of a massive energy drink addiction that I had. Yep. And it was quite the seamless transition, actually. Anytime I wanted an energy drink, I just drank those and I felt great. Um, and I wanted to actually, that brings us into a good transition because when I was at Metabolic Health Summit and you gave me some of your esters, um, within, you know, we were sitting there talking and talking. I think we were doing some live videos and blah, blah, blah. Within like 20 minutes or so, so I was like, oh my God, I feel different. This is really, really obvious. And you like laughed. I remember you were like, oh, good, good. I'm glad you noticed it because not everyone does. Like I don't even notice that yeah, big of yeah. a cognitive change, but I definitely did. I mean, it went from like, I, fe- I literally felt like my whole brain had just opened up like a flower and was now alive, well, like well. every part of my brain. And so could you speak on that? Because you were telling me something interesting about people and I don't know if this is research or it's just something you've noticed an observation, but about people who have like the APOE4 genetic mutations and like predispositions to Alzheimer's, you were telling me that sometimes those people tend to feel the effects of exogenous ketones more. Can you talk more about that? Well, it's talking more about people that have any glucose impairments to the brain. So I can talk about that in general. So that feeling feeling that you had, I'm jealous. I wish I felt what you felt. I mean, people, they take the tiniest amount and they feel this part in the clouds. I'm like, it's my own drink. It's not because I'm you know, taking it too much. I wish that I felt that, but I don't have the same reaction. And here's you know, one theory. Uh, part of it is science and then you know, theory attached to the science. Steve Kunane has done a lot, a lot of research on MCT oil. It's another type of exogenous ketone. Some people mm-hmm. call it an exogenous ketone. You drink it and it makes some level of beta-hydroxybutyrate. And his research shows um, the older you are, the more of a glucose impairment there is to the brain, meaning that glucose just can't reach the brain, whether that's a 10% impairment or 20% impairment. He has a certain threshold. I don't remember where it is, maybe 80, 85%. And when you're below that, that's when you start noticing a problem. But if you're 85% or above, you might not notice a problem, kind of like people that don't wear glasses, don't know that they have a problem until they put on glasses the first time. And they're like, oh, wow, that is what normal sharpness is right so if you have a glucose impairment the ketone ester the brain can run on two fuel sources it can run on glucose or it can run on ketones well the ketone ester just bypasses that fuel uh, blockage and just fuels the brain so it takes you to you know wherever you are the 80 percent up to 90 or you know or 100 percent. it just fuels the brain so the more of an uh, impairment you have the more it feels like a parting uh-huh. of the clouds but if you if you don't have that impairment it doesn't overclock you. It's not a stimulant like, right. like coffee where that 100% takes you to 100, uh, 10%. It's not like that. Uh, I had to take larger quantities for me to maybe notice that, hey, look, you know, the, I'll look around and I'll see that the flowers look a little bit more sharp because those yeah. sometimes with people's eyes and stuff. I'll notice yeah. a little bit, but then there'll be some other creative things that are unexpected that happen at the end of the day. Like something creative happened that day and I say, hey, what was different today? Oh, today it's a you know, a large amount of ester, it's kind of more like that, as opposed to this, you know, small amount that just has, you know, a parting. And we have had some people that ask, does it stop working over time? It's actually no, but it is, we think that it's, it's a cumulative benefit by creating more neurons. So if someone starts at 80% and they're taking it every day and they go from 80% to, let's say, say 90% mental, you know, fueling, and then the next day they go, you know, 82% to 95 and then 90% to 95 that incremental difference won't be as noticeable. So they might think that they're not noticing it, 
But then they're just back to that 95%, which is just their normal state from 10 years ago. They're just like, this yeah. is just me. And then they right. stop taking the ester. And, it, you know, it, after a few days, it goes back to your normal glucose impairment. They're like, oh, wow, it, it did do something. Uh, yeah. There's a funny story about a, a bodybuilder who could use it for lifting and, and, and making his muscles bigger. He actually wanted to use it for his cognitive, you know, yeah. CEO business side. And yeah. he said he took it all throughout January and, you know, he was just killing it on his sales yeah. numbers. And then middle of February, he's like, why am I not doing as well? And then he looked at all the variables. And he's like, I'm not taking ketone ester. And I said, yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you what it was. I said, you thought it was you. You thought it was just, <laughs> just a, your regular right. above average good day that just coincidentally happened to be every day. Yeah. And this is how your brain was five years ago. It just brought your brain back. And there's a new brain paper that just came out where they took uh, people between, I think, 40 and 70-year-old healthy people. And they showed their brain on the ketogenic diet versus regular diet versus ketone ester. And the ketone ester did mimic the ketogenic diet as far as just brain cognition. Mm -hmm. And the entire line just goes down. Like, I don't know if it was five years, 10 years, but the age of the brain just went back several years because they had this new, you know, fueling system going to the brain. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've lived through this myself. My mom, um, had right now has been diagnosed with like the early signs of dementia and Alzheimer's, um, which is hard. And she just had a stroke. She was also type two diabetic since I was in high school. And I, you know, when I found out about keto, I told her about it and I feel like the luckiest person in the world in some ways, because she actually listened like that never oh. happens in families. <laughs> um, but she jumped on it and she's like, I love my keto diet. And I felt like I got my mom back, like her mental function. It was awesome obvious. Like she seemed like she was in her forties again and she was in her sixties. And I was like, this is just amazing to witness. And then, um, she moved out of state and she went back to her old lifestyle oh. and we just watched, I just, I witnessed her brain power just go down. And I was like, mom, are you staying on keto? And she's like, Oh, it's just kind of hard sometimes. I'm like, Oh, and so she was back on insulin and sure enough, I'm not, I'm not saying that's what caused her to have, um, a couple of strokes in the last year, but I, besides the strokes, I still saw the decline in her mental performance and them not being able to remember things, not sounding as young, not sounding as with it, forgetting things, being confused. Um, and for me, you know, like we talk about all the time in our world, we talk about how um, they're now calling Alzheimer's type three diabetes, because it really is just the same thing as type two diabetes. And that's insulin resistance in the brain. And our, you know, your brain cells, your, that's the perfect analogy that you gave is to putting glasses on when you haven't been able to see well and being like, Oh wait, what, this is normal. That's exactly what it feels like for me. Like I know that I must have some insulin resistance in my brain or some sort of glucose um, metabolism impairment because every time I drift into ketosis, I feel like I'm like on drugs or something. I feel like I'm on something in a very good way. You know, like it feels like you said, everything looks crystal clear. I'm super hyper aware. I feel like a superhuman, you know? And so I've noticed that some people, um, being a keto coach don't notice this as much. Some people are like, where's all that mental clarity and all that stuff people are talking about. And I'm like, you may not have needed it as bad as that person who felt that increase, huge increase. Um, but coming back around to, cause I want to get a little more into esters because I'm obsessed well, with them now. Your, your sure. mother, people that you know, have this problem of, I can't get my mother on a ketogenic diet. So yeah. sure. Going all the way ketogenic diet is, is ideal for right. you know, many doctors recommended for Alzheimer's, but if you can't, even if you can't go all the way keto, just cutting the carbs, cutting that sugar is yeah. just, I mean, we don't know if that's 90% of the benefit or if that's 10, 20% of the benefit, but it's the, it's the sugar, yeah. you know, these, you know, 
ice cream and all this candy that they're given because they have uh, diminished taste buds. So they actually crave more sugar. So if it's possible, if you can't go all keto, at least try to cut out sodas, candy, rice, bread, pasta. If you just did did that, I think that, you know, they would notice a a huge change and you can buy substitutes for almost all of those things. A hundred percent. They aren't necessarily healthy. You know, keto cookies aren't healthy, but if you're alternative is a straight sugar cookie yeah you get these swedish fish that have you know two or three grams of carbs per bag if they have a a keto craving or keto chocolates now that have zero sugar and they don't have sucralose in them they still are all natural so clean out the pantry of the sugars and juice like juice is just the the worst uh, just as bad as soda getting rid of all those sugars would at least be something that might be more manageable for a lot of people i think they would see a noticeable increase and then taking liquid coconut oil, not necessarily even MCT oil, yeah, just right. liquid coconut oil and adding that to everything. What does that do? It changes the ratio of what percentage of your calories are fat, protein versus carb. I'm not saying go 80% uh, fat, you know, go, going keto, that might be too hard, but adding one tablespoon of liquid coconut oil uh-huh. will change your ratios and just make it, you know, your fat instead of being 30%, like mm. 40, 50%. Well, it's got to come from somewhere. It's a big balloon. You know, your percentages of carbs are just going to go down. So yeah. that's, that's one thing that you can do is try to you know cut down the sugar and carbs. Yeah. And I sat there, you know, at Metabolic Health Summit, I watched researcher after researcher present on the effects of exogenous ketones to the brain and enhancing mental performance and decreasing inflammation and, and helping with all of these metabolic diseases and also issues with the brain mental illness. Even we talked about, and I think that this is when, you know, having an alternative like coconut oil, MCT oil, and even exogenous ketones for sure are super helpful because not everyone will, not everyone will make those hard lifestyle choices. And even, and even for me, I would say a stumbling block for me and my, you know, I do specialize in keto, but my, you know, my audience knows I'm not in ketosis most of the time anymore. I go in and out, but part, a big part of that reason is because to fuel the high intensities that I do in running and in my weight training, I like some carbohydrates to support my exercise performance, but then to be able able to have exogenous, yeah, yeah, to be able to have the exogenous ketones to then also fuel my brain. I a hundred percent like that bodybuilder. I a hundred percent use exogenous ketones as brain food. Anytime before I come on like a podcast like this or a big meeting, or I just give myself some exogenous ketones, throw them right in my coffee or just drink them right before, because I know I have definitely learned it is not just me. It is my brain on fire from ketones and being fully operational, but yeah, let's go back to what you wanted to talk about there. Well, just with working out, um, taking exogenous ketones for a workout for the high intensity and using carbs. The reason why there's a trend now where keto people are making an exception saying, oh, I'm, I'm adding a little bit of carbs because it's a high intensity workout. It's it's less about the carbs. It's more about not having a fuel source. Right. So instead of going into a workout fasted that is high intensity, it's really hard to get that, you know, explosive, explosive moves that require glucose. It's hard to do that on a fasted state, your body's not making enough ketones and it's just, it's really hard to do high intensity workouts, but that's in part because the keto people have no fuel source. So chugging a bunch of MCT oil before a workout, you know, doesn't work. Yeah. But exogenous ketones, ketone esters in particular, taking ketone esters before a workout as a keto person is very similar to a non-keto person taking carbs. So if you compared, you know, a non-keto person doing a fasted workout, versus a you know, keto person doing a fasted workout, they both have no fuels, it'll be a similar performance. But the 
the glucose-based athlete is allowed to chug some you know, juice and get glucose in so they finally have a fuel source. So the keto athlete can use exogenous ketones, ketone esters, and it's exactly like the carb right. person using. Now, it's not exactly like. It's very similar to the, the, the carb person sucking on a gel pack that's still going to be a faster carb for those high intensities. But but people have used the ketone ester for high intensity workouts. Yes. And just short of 100 meter dash, you know, sprints, that it won't work better for that. But if you're doing 100 meter dash sprint repeats, you know, 50 times, 20 times, yeah, your recovery is going to be better having, you know, a fuel source beforehand. So it can be used. It can replace all, all the people that talk about the ketogenic diet and then selectively using carbs. I think that if they tested the exogenous ketone, they could do that instead of selectively using carbs and just swap out the two fuel sources. Yeah, that's a great point. And then let's talk about using using ketone esters to fuel exercise performance, because I know some of my audience will be curious about this and the approach even that Ben took. You know, a lot of people have talked about how he used carbs and yes. ketone esters, which is like, yeah, good thinking. I mean, holy jet fuel. Um, but I, I was able to use your esters while I was out for a run in California while we were still at Metabolic Health Summit. And it was funny because I mean, I took off like a bat out of hell on that run. Like I was just like, this is amazing. I am a superhuman. Like I am the fastest woman alive. That's really how right. I felt. Well, what did I, I tell you? <laughs> well, I saw it and, and quickly I gassed, right? I, and I, usually I am not one that will gas out. I can push myself really hard in the beginning of a run or a race, like even running like a five minute something pace in the middle of a marathon. Like I, and then I can just back off a little bit and get still stay fast. But I mean, I gassed, I really put the pedal to the freaking metal on this run. And so I had to back away off and I was like, Oh man. And when I got done, I saw a video from you on Instagram saying, Hey, 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 be careful. Make sure you don't go too fast out of the gate. So can you speak on that a little bit in your experience with using yeah. um, ketone esters for exercise performance? Yeah. So, so that one issue we've had a, a few times and we don't know if it's placebo because you're just excited about, you know, this drink that Ben Greenfield took <laughs> right. and you know, your body <laughs> do absolutely amazing things. So you can placebo into going yeah. too fast. That's one thing that we warn people about. You know, one guy doing a uh, a, a treadmill or a, a rowing machine said, yeah, my performance was 5% less. Okay, well, how did it go? Well, at the first, uh, you know, I was going 10, 15% above my pace and then, you know, I crashed. Well, why'd you go 10, 15% above? Oh, I was feeling good. You're feeling good because you're having these expectations. Yeah. You it into too fast, you crashed and you went, you went slower. Yeah. So, so I, I think that's that's very possible. likely. That is very possible. So uh -huh. instead, you know, holding yourself back and thinking that this is more of a, a slow burning coal that should be applied more towards the end of your performance, the end of your race. And hey, I still feel good. People find themselves adding an extra mile to their workout or having cool. negative splits where they're going faster. That's what you want to be striving for, not this going out fast, because that's just I think that's nervous energy. I mean, I ran track yeah. in college half mile and they said, you know, the <laughs> 200 meters, that isn't what you that wasn't your training that isn't what you ate that is just nerves and yeah and that can just yeah. do an amazing thing so that uh, makes sense and that oh. that kind of goes you know but what I think it was fascinating it really stuck with me where there were two researchers that at one was out of the UK and one was out of Dublin um, and they were showing um, the effects of athletes using both 
um, exogenous ketones and having stored glycogen in their muscles. And what was really cool to just see the visual was that they, you know, went through the esters first and they still had this huge backup of glycogen stored in their muscles ready to go, which is kind of the flip-flop of how we normally think about it with keto, right? It's like, oh, like make sure once you get out, get done with your glycogen, you can tap into your own fuel sources. But I was like, oh my gosh, this is just a whole nother level because now on top of the stored glycogen, which you will have, whether you are keto or not, even keto people definitely still have glycogen stored in their muscles. Um, and Jeff Volick has some really interesting research. there, actually showing that sometimes the longer they're keto adapted, they can have almost the same amount of stored glycogen in their muscles to fuel exercise performance, like these distance runners that as people who are on carbohydrate filled diets, which is just mind boggling. But then to, on top of it, stack a ketone ester that you can use first and then have this reserve tank of glycogen and then possibly go going into your own endogenous ketones beyond that. Like that excites me. I want an edge. I don't, I mean, well, I'm an athlete, I'm competitive. I want an edge. So that kind of talk excites me for so sure. Yeah, let me explain that. that yeah. Explain that two, more for us. Two general protocols. One is the dual fuel protocol, which mm-hmm. is what you're talking about. The ketones and, and the ester. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sorry, the ester and the glucose, but then we have the, what we call the microdosing, uh, taking smaller quantities and okay. just taking the ester. I'm actually leaning more and more to the just taking the ester. Just I don't know if it's my bias, but part of the problem with the dual fuel is it's really expensive. It's just yeah. you have to take the, the glucose and the ketones are kind of competing against each other. So it's like three steps forward, but then two steps back because the, the ketones yeah. lower your blood sugar significantly. Right, so right. So it's lowering your blood sugar, but you're taking a massive quantity yeah. of ketone ester, but then your blood sugar would drop too much. I mean, one person took one fourth of a bottle. She was a nurse and her blood sugar, she was going to work out, but she skipped the workout, took her kid to school and her blood glucose dropped to 41. We're talking like massive, massive blood glucose drop. Yeah, so for sure. that was just a fourth of, of one of our bottles. So if you're taking wow. massive amounts of ketones, well, you have to take massive amounts of glucose to you know combat that. Yeah, right. That tank. So you're taking these two fuels. Yeah, so simultaneously yeah, a, for sure. There's a glucose sparing effect where mm-hmm. you know, your body can only take a certain amount of glucose, certain amount of storage. The Tour de France athletes probably know down to the gram per hour, how much their body, you know, per person, how much their body can take of glucose. So they maximize it. The ketone ester is kind of like you know, a spring that kind of can spring that glucose you know, uh, into the reserve so you can have, take uh, more of it or use it more sparingly so it can last longer. Yeah. Having the two fuels, yeah, it, it allows the body to selectively decide, hey, I'm going up a hill, that's going to use a little bit more ketone ester, or I'm going down the hill, it's going to use a little bit more glucose. And yes, it's a dual fuel, but I mean, it can be 30 bucks, $50 of performance, yeah. and just it's just not sustainable. So yeah. that's initially how we launched the product was, you know, this is the way to use it, dual fuel. But then our customers came out and said, Frank, I swear to you, I took, you know, that cap of that bottle. They're like, I took two capfuls. I'm like, oh, come on. That's, that's one sixth of a serving. You're crazy. It's in your head. And, and they're like, I swear I got a one millimolar bump. So I was already keto and I went from 0.5 to 1.5. And, you know, I had all these PRs. I'm like, okay. So we have a message board where people talk about cool. their calls and they're sharing it time and time again. Like, yeah, I didn't take that much. And it was even one person uh, said, hey, thanks for your advice. I actually took much less and the performance was better. Well, how can that be? Huh. If you take too much ester and you're at 41 or right, if you're right. 60 even, blood glucose, you're not going to be able to lift you know, that explosive <laughs> weight. Right. So by him cutting back his ketones or spreading them out throughout the performance, you have less of a blood sugar crash and then they're able to use that fuel. And most of these athletes go into these workouts 
fasted. Right. So they have no fuel source. So, you know, is it, is it the ketones or, you know, would they have had the same experience if they had just added carbs? Maybe it's just going from no fuel to a fuel. And, you know, Jeff Volek has these books on ketogenic athletes and, you know, years or several months of adapting. And then what was the conclusion of those, of that book that they all got back to baseline? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. The body's who, amazing. Who wants to get to ba- but who wants to get to baseline? <laughs> yeah, true. Baseline's not the goal. The goal is to improve. So how are they getting to baseline? Because they get the benefits of keto, such as lower inflammation. Right. They can right. work out harder, more frequently. But yep. those workouts are going to be impaired. They're going to be 5% lower. They're going to be yeah. 10% lower. But over time, it doesn't really matter. If this bar, if someone says that it's 100 pounds or it says that it's 90 pounds, um, yeah, you might be lifting more, but you're not necessarily stronger. Uh, so what I'm saying, it's hard to explain. Um, so the ketogenic people, when they first are keto for six months, they're going to be 5 or 10% weaker, but their muscles might be stronger. Meaning that if right. you just gave them a fuel, if you gave them carbs, They'd be, they'd surpass that 100 and go to 110 because they, they built the base with their muscles with no fuel. So it looks like they're subperforming, right. but then you give them fuel and they, you know, go past baseline. Right. Right. So the, those Jeff Bullock books talk about going to baseline, but these athletes have no fuel source. The body people say, oh, I make ketones. Well, you also make glucose. Yeah. Those, those fasted athletes that are glucose based athletes, they don't do their workouts fasted. They add more glucose. So why should a keto athlete have a keto workout and say, oh, my body's making ketones? Well, yeah, it is, but it's just not enough. It burns up too quickly. So when you drink exogenous ketones, it's just like a glucose-based person, but it's glucose in their blood adding glucose. So with you know the, the, the sequel to Jeff Volek's book, I think, will be, okay, these ketogenic athletes, they work out harder, they have less inflammation, and they have 10% worse performance, and then they get their performance back because they're working out more frequently, there's less right. inflammation and, and other reasons that they're getting up, but they're getting up there with no fuel. If you then get to baseline and then you add the fuel source, you know, a ketone ester, that is when I think, uh-huh. that's what I think the, the exponential gains will be. Um, so my prediction of the future isn't the dual fueling. I, my prediction is actually just using the ketone ester selectively for keto athletes so that they finally have a fuel source because the glucose is a dirty fuel. It creates lactic acid, it creates inflammation. So yeah, you're taking a whole bunch of it and a whole bunch of ester, but what if you could balance it and not take that dirty fuel and just focus on that clean burning fuel, like an entirely electric car, as opposed to one of these hybrid gas, you know, electric cars. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of experienced what you're talking about to illustrate that I trained for and ran the Boston Marathon in ketosis. And I stupidly did not check the rules about bringing camel packs, which was just super short sighted on my end because of the bombing. They don't allow anything like that on the course. And so here I had, I had put like six probably like six packets of prove it's ketones into my camel pack. And I had salt pills in there and, you know, some nut butters and I was ready to go. And I had trained for just fine using ketones to supplement all my runs. And I do train, um, ultra, um, endurance athletes in, in ketosis. And my magic formula usually for most of them is to use, we use, um, the, uh, what is it called? You can starch along with exogenous ketones and electrolytes and salt pills, and they just rock it. Um, but for me, I got to that race and the guy goes, what are you doing? You can't, you can't take that. And I was like, 
what? You know, I was just like, Oh no, like this is, I like, I need this. I'm in ketosis and it was a really hot year. So sure enough, I knew it was going to happen. I knew I was like, oh, and I'm trying to drink the Gatorade and use goose. I mean, just totally, totally not how I had trained. I was made sure I was, you know, I was like at over a 1.0 when I started the race and sure enough, the lactic acid combined with the dehydration just got super real for me really fast. And it was actually the most difficult physical thing that I've ever done, including natural childbirth. It was excruciatingly wow. painful. It was, it felt like my legs were going to explode. I couldn't even walk to the car. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> I will not lie. It was really horrible because I didn't have one, the salts and I didn't have the fuel source that I needed that to, to run that race appropriately. So what you're saying is, um, is, is quite appropriate. I wish that I had had some ketones just like shoved in my pockets or something <laughs> somewhere to fuel that. But, um, I did in my training though, I will say what I, I experienced exactly what you're talking about. Um, running, I did run fasted, but I ran with always with exogenous ketones in my training runs and it was fantastic. So, um, so I think, it, yeah, it's just something good for, for ketogenic athletes to consider. Um, I would then say the, the non-keto people are going to ask, well, Hey, I'm not keto. So will this exogenous ketone yeah, work? Hey, and that's what we're still trying to figure out. Yeah. Uh, there's one paper that actually is coming out soon that their protocol said that it did not work. It didn't uh, work for increasing. I think it was uh, cycling or, or running, yeah. but they changed the protocol. They made it in a fed state. So they fed them food first oh. and then gave them ketone ester. And we've uh, said from the beginning, you know, the, the initial uh, paper, the Cox paper from six years ago, it was on a fasted state and then doing the dual fuel, they added, you know, a bowl of cereal and oatmeal, and it just wildly blunts the ketone ester absorption. It just, it just doesn't work. So then, not to mention, not to mention that's terrible exercise performance fueling. Anyway, it doesn't work that fast. You can't just like eat a ton of carbs right before your workout and expect it to process that quickly. Like all it's going to do, likely it might raise your serotonin and make you a little bit sleepy and hinder your performance. So anyway, they they took it, I think two or three hours before. So it was, okay. 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 It was, you know, a standard breakfast because they didn't like the protocol that worked. And the protocol that worked in the, in the study was a fasted state. And then these taking the ester and the glucose, and, you know, then the researchers said, well, that's not a realistic state because, you know, these soccer players, professional soccer players, they're not going to go into a soccer match fasted. They have to eat a meal before. So let's try it with the meal first. And it didn't work. Well, you can't uh, just skip one step of the protocol. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. the number of times that I say, hey, here's your 10 step protocol. Do you mind if I skip the number three one that says it has to be fasted? Like, yeah, sure. Go ahead and try. But if it doesn't work, don't come back to me and saying, you know, it doesn't work. The fasted state is is a necessary requirement. But I think ultimately the the non-keto people, I think can still benefit either, either doing a dual fuel, not the mega dual fuel where you take huge quantities, but still small quantities, just a little bit of glucose or even trying to skip the glucose. I think that they can take a small amount uh, between 10 and 15 mLs for a male, which is like three, three capfuls. And we don't know what happens mathematically the calories should be burned in 15 to 20 minutes it just doesn't make sense that they actually still feel something all the way through 90 minutes to 120 minutes so we haven't quite figured it out it's some sort of signaling effect or or something because someone said i'm not eating breakfast but i just ran two hours and i'm not hungry how can that be i mean we had one guy run an iron man he took ketone ester and he was at a buffet bar free lobster in the middle east free lobster in this buffet line and i walked up to him and said hey quick question, are you hungry? And he goes, no, but you know, I always go to these free buffets because it's free and then there's lobster. Uh-huh. But 
I'm not hungry. I've never ran, you know, I don't know how many hours and just not been hungry. So the ketone ester is just turning off that hunger sensation and just people aren't, aren't, aren't needing to uh, eat. Yeah. Ben, ben Greenfield, normally he'd go to IHOP and eat a whole bunch of stuff after his Spartan races, but he just, you know, just wasn't hungry. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely noticed that too, after becoming a ketogenic athlete and I, you know, I had, um, Brad Kearns, you know, Brad, um, on my podcast, he's, uh, uh co-authored a bunch of books with Mark Sisson and he was telling a story about a guy. Um, I can't remember his last name, but it's dude. I remember his first name was dude. And he ran like 50 miles, like down and across the Grand Canyon. Like, and he decided instead of eating after he was going to fast, I believe it was like a full 24 hours after the run. And his recovery was like incredible, which totally makes sense because once the body knows what to do when it's in ketosis, I think it's really the problem is when people's bodies aren't trained to be in a ketogenic state. That's when you see people reaching for the little Caesars, right? When they get across the finish line of a race. And I'm just like, how could you do that the last thing in the world I want to do is eat pizza right now like that makes me want to vomit you know but um, I think that the body intuitively knows that it will heal more quickly in a fasted ketogenic state. And so once you've trained your body to do it, once you've maybe given yourself exogenous ketones and your body's like, oh, I know what to do, it will intuitively know that it will heal quicker if you don't inflame it with a bunch of carbohydrates right after your run. That's the new, kind of the new thought. That's totally as opposed to what we've always said in exercise recovery. You know, it's like hurry, get replenished, get your fat, protein, and carbohydrates in your system as quickly as possible. But I know for me, my body body does not ask for that. It That is the last thing it wants. And when I honor that, my recovery, you know, I can be back in the gym the next day after a race because I just feel amazing. So, so some, some people are taking it just for recovery. So they're not even taking it before. Ah, wow. They're not taking it during their run. They're like, Frank, I want to take it, you know, after the run for recovery. And one guy, uh, Keto Neo, Keto Matrix, he worked out twice a day and he said that he would take it after his first workout and only then could he do a second workout oh, because he was smart. just so recovered as if he hadn't had a first workout. And he admits that he used to use steroids and he said, this was more powerful than steroids. I could use, wow. I could do two workouts a day and my central nervous system isn't shutting down right, and I feel sense. fine and I'm recovered, you know, for the next day. And our, one of the early people that took the ketone ester uh, next to Ben Greenfield was a Tour de France athlete, Greg Henderson. And he was doing a cycling test with the ketone ester and his Watts were, you know, crazy high. And he's like, I know Watts, this is not, you know, placebo, but more, he was more influenced by the next day, his HRV monitor. He had like an aura ring type or, or strap around his chest. His HRV monitor said that it was as if he had taken the day off. He's wow. like, I just worked my tail off. And, and this, he didn't take the ester afterward. He took it beforehand. So there are benefits before and after for recovery. And his HRV meter said that he had taken the day off. He could like do the hard workout again. Like what does that do for muscle building to be able to not have to take two, three, four days off, you know, in between sessions, you can cram those workouts. And fascinating. Yeah, so, so there was a paper on the recovery effect, the same author that said that it did not work with fed and dual fuel on non-keto athletes, you know, many variables there, like each variable matters, non-keto athletes with food, yeah. dual fuel didn't increase performance. The, he did do a paper where they simulated a tour de France. I think it was like 16 days, I don't know, four to five hours a day and took ketone ester afterward. And for sleep, they took way too much before sleep. They took an entire serving. Oh no. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. How they come up with that. Um, but 
in the end, they did a time trial and the group that took ketone esters were 15% faster. So wow. they were so much more recovered and able to do those 16 days of workouts that their time was 15%, not like 0.1 or 1% faster or, oh, barely 2%, which is like within the realm. No, 15% faster than the group that wasn't as recovered over those 16 day periods. So that's when I think, you know, bodybuilders, when they figure this out and they connect the dots yeah. and they say, oh my God, you know, my muscles aren't near this or I can work out just right. as hard more frequently. What does that do for my muscles? And without carbs, your, your performance will be lower, but lower over time, you're growing your muscles. So then on game day, you bring right. back in the carbs or you bring back in you know, ketone ester. And I think the results will you know, explode from there. Yeah, like not to, a bodybuilder bringing in the carbs after 30 days of not doing carbs, lower performance. And then on game day, when you don't care about your, how sore you are the next day, you bring in the carbs. Yeah, yeah. Not to, not to mention how brain dead a lot of bodybuilders are right before a show because they're just so depleted. You know, it's like, you it kind of looks like there's nothing behind their eyes. I, you know, used to give bodybuilders ketone packets when I were, they were prepping for a show. Cause I'm like, your brain needs some freaking energy. Like you look dead. Um, and so there's that benefit also. There's an MMA fighter that had to cut weight and normally after cutting weight, his legs are wobbling and he literally took the ketone ester to cut weight. And I don't advocate ketone ester for weight loss. My wife says I can't yeah. sell it as weight loss until she loses weight on it. So I'm not going there, but it was just the fuel source that he used to, to, to do his multi-day fasting and to just, you know, lose weight. Yeah. It's not the ketone ester that's making you lose weight, but it gave him energy so that right. when he did his actual weigh-in, he asked his dad, Hey, can we have a sparring event tonight? like from legs wobbling to completely feeling on just night and day difference. And once, once the MMA world figures that out, you know, it's yeah. just going to become the default. Like you have, right. to, have to do it that way. Why are you going to do it this, like the starving deterioration way? Right you can do it this healthy way. Not to mention the neuroprotective benefits on the brain and the fact that so many of these guys have had traumatic brain energy. So they probably, a lot of them have impaired glucose metabolism and their brains don't even know it. And then you give them a few brain fuel source like exogenous ketones, they're going to be feeling pretty good. And I have noticed that we, you know, I've worked with guys who played in the NFL who had a lot of traumatic brain stuff. And once they go on the diet on the, they're like, I feel good because they notice that effect on their brain from getting those ketones. So having exogenous ketones or ketone esters, if you know, there's people can look up the research there, but there is promising signs for traumatic brain injury. And I think it all boils down to that same issue of impaired glucose metabolism to the brain. Your brain doesn't have energy. You're going to have problems. It's, so, it's all related. I had at the yeah. metabolic conference two years ago. I gave a guy a tiny, tiny quantity and he did like you, but within two minutes, he looked up at me like this. And I said, oh, what position did you play in football? Uh, he's yeah. like, how do I play football? It's because not everyone <laughs> reacts, you know, the way that you did. Right. And yeah, it, it works exponentially for people to have glucose metabolism issues, which happen to be consistent with people that have had a lot of brain injury. Where I'm curious, you were talking about message boards of people sharing their experience. Is that somewhere the public can reach on yeah, like... So on our front page, ketonaid.com, at the top it says community. So that's cool. just the Facebook, Facebook group where people, you know, add different things. And I actually encourage them. Someone texts me, hey, I didn't want to post this on the wall. It didn't work today. I tried this and this. I said, no, I want you to post the right. good stuff too. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, this isn't just a forum for everything that works. It's, hey, what didn't work? What did? What variable did you change? Um, and we had one marathon athlete who used it twice in a workout and then went to do it game day. And it was amazing for his workout, so he was excited. But then game day, he decided, oh, well, I'm running a marathon. I need to have breakfast. 
So he added the one variable of a banana and a power bar. And he said it was the worst run in you know, six months. And he felt heavy. He felt slow. And, and I said, well, did you change anything from the protocol? Oh, yeah, I added some food. I'm like, yeah, you, you can't do that. You have to do exactly what you do in practice on game day. And we recommend people not to take it on game day. Probably 80% of our buyers buy it and they want to selectively hold on to it and just take it on game day. And yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. it took you five years to decide what size banana you want before that. <laughs> I want one that's seven inches or, and, and, you know, the fueling, it's a food. It's not like caffeine that you can take at any time. And maybe right. it says caffeine taken selectively, but caffeine just adds to the system. This is a fuel right. source that is, is working with the other, you know, working with the carbs and the proteins in there. And it can take people years to figure out their protocol yeah. on sugar. This is not just something you just add in. So you really need to use it in practice um, and try to mimic the game day on the you know, same time of day, same food beforehand or lack thereof, and really mimic every single thing before you take it uh, to game day. And some people actually just take it in practice for all the recovery benefits that we talked about. And then game day, go back to their tried and true. Go back to your you know, no pl- you know, placebo controlled. You know, This is what I know. I take a gel pack every whatever. And they go back to that. And that's what that marathon guy did. He ended up just taking it in practice. And then the next marathon, he had an 18-month PR. And he said, I felt light. I felt like, you know, could the ketones still have been in me? I'm like, no. But you just had more recovery along the way. Yeah. Building the mitochondria. And, you know, you're getting ketones in your system. It's not about just having them in your blood. It's getting them out of your blood into where they need to go. So people are obsessed with ketone numbers. And they're kind of missing the fact that, you know, the ketones don't make your your blood more red or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or it, better, it's when they leave the blood and go to your mitochondria, go to your brain cells, muscles, and stuff. Right. He had an 18-month PR, um, and he said he just felt light, and it was just easier because he was more recovered throughout the week. So that's a, yep. a lower-risk way of taking it. Uh, and then I told him to take the ketone ester after the race because that's not going to imp- impair your race performance, but it'll help you for Monday for recovery. Yeah, I love, I love, this is one of the things I love about you, Frank, is that you're so open to like, you actually just really want to get answers. Like, it's clear that you're not, you're not just out to prove a point so you can sell a bunch of ketone esters. You don't have to because everyone is so fascinated by the benefits of them anyway. But it, I love that you're so driven to just find the truths. Let's just find out what works and what doesn't so we can improve people's quality of lives, improve their exercise performance, improve, improve their longevity and their brain health. So I really appreciate that about you. And I hope you know, like, whenever I have mentioned you, and passing like oh i'm gonna go meet frank and get some key they're like oh he frank is such a good dude that's what everybody says that is he's such a good guy he's so passionate about helping so thank you for thank you for bringing this to our community and helping us like get actual answers and be being passionate about what works what doesn't and not just dogmatic to prove a point yeah yeah. i I was was fighting with this customer the other day saying stop buying my product like what are you doing like we've gone through (laughs) everything we've done that checklist I don't know what else there is. I'll give you your money back, but stop buying it because it just, it, I don't know why it just didn't work for you. Let's, you know, let's move on or just do the diet or do something else. Um, Cause I don't want you wasting your, your money on you know stuff that doesn't, doesn't work for you. Well, I will vouch to say, I know so many people who it, do, who do, it does work for them. And I've had many friends say like, I just bought like 50 bottles of that stuff. Cause it's like amazing. And for me, for me, um, the ketone, if for anybody who's in, you do have a new product that it's ketone right. salts and That's esters it. combined. He's holding it up on the video. If you're watching on YouTube, the, um, so the, K, the ketone ester, the four, this is... is the original one, which is 50% ketone ester. So it does have water and stuff. Uh-huh. Sometimes misunderstand and think that it's 100% ketone ester. No, it's 
50% ketone ester, so easy math. Um, and the other half is water and, and flavoring. Um, but then this one is the new drink called KE4. Or KE1. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, KE1. The problem with the KE4 was people were taking only one or two capfuls at a time. And I said, well, why don't we take that one or two capfuls and put that equivalent into you know one drink, one bottle. Yeah. People, it's more consistent with what people take on a daily basis. And you know, ketone salts, I've been talking about them for four years saying, hey, if you're going to buy one, buy it from Prove It. Some people say, oh, I don't like multi-level marketing, so I'm not going to buy their product. And I said, would you rather buy a good product from a company you don't like or a bad product that from a company <laughs> that you really do like? Like, which, which one? I'd rather have the good, good question. Product. And, yeah, and absolutely. Actually, an MLM seller said, oh, can I use that in my marketing? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> you might not like this company, but, you know, it's it's a better product. And it was. So there's nothing wrong with the ketone salts, but the salt load was just too high and you just couldn't yeah. get much in there. So by mixing, you know, some of the benefits of the ketone ester, half ketone ester, and then the ketone salt portion is actually a reduced salt, ketone salts. So we actually extracted some of the salt from that. So it's 50% ketone ester, 25% uh, free acid, beta hydroxybutyrate free acid. That that mm. molecule that I said at the beginning, you couldn't yeah. drink by itself because it'd be too acidic. Right. Well, only 25% of it is fine. And then 25% salt. So then the total salt load is still 85% less salt oh, than wow. you know, racemic ketone salts on a gram per D beta hydroxybutyrate, 85% less, but then 75% less than the Prove It Nats. So it's still yeah. massively less salt. So people say, oh, it's got a combo. I don't want that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then they try one and they say, some of the, some people are preferring it more because I've been telling yeah. people the keto, with the KE4, with the ketone ester, increase your salt load. You have yeah. to increase salt load because the ketone ester will actually deplete your body of some water and with right. that extra electrolyte. So you have to actually you know, add it. And we didn't want to put it in the... In, in the initial drink, adding just straight salt, not ketone salt, just straight salt, because it would confuse people, you know, a ketone ester with some salt. So this new drink, I was like, hey, we want to add salt anyhow, because they need more electrolytes yeah. as the ester depletes it. So by putting Smart. in like 135 sodium, 135 potassium, and like 40 and 60 magnesium calcium, just having some electrolytes in there, it allows them to, you know, it allows the taste to be much better. Yes, so for sure. Six times more water, but then the ester portion is the really bad portion. But so that's cut in half, so it's exponentially uh, tastes better. And it's, I mean, it's not Gatorade yet. As no, far as it tastes good. It's, tastes, it's 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 fine. If you've ever had esters, a K four <laughs> is more like a shot of uh, a shot of apple cider vinegar, a shot of ginger, yeah, uh, something like that. So it's a a, a lot more palatable. Um, easier for you know people that are sensitive to the flavors yeah. and stuff and it's all you know in one bottle so that's i think many people will be shifting over to that and yeah. they all ask me well which which is better for me i'm like if, if you're able to take add your own exact amount of salts then fine just you know stick with the ke4 but if you want the convenience of it already being in there then get that one and we tested the blood ketones and it's about the same actually maybe even a little bit higher i've got a do it, you know, 10, 20 times more, but the equivalent amount, the, it raises the blood ketones, you know, exactly the, the, the same amount. 
Yeah. And it's the cool thing about it is like, there's more people than, you know, the average person might assume that have issues with that salt load to their causing gastric distress. It's unfortunate because as a coach, a lot of people are like, Oh girl, like I cannot ever take that stuff again. Like I totally had disaster pants and I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. You're just sensitive to the salt load. So it's amazing to have that option for people because now they can make that transition. I do believe it makes the transition into ketosis so much more enjoyable when you can have that brain energy. It's just like those guys who are trying to get ready for a fight and cutting weight or whatever. It's just like, Oh, this is so much more enjoyable because I don't feel brain dead and depleted. I just feel fine, you know? And so, and also having the flavor better is amazing and it's affordable too. It's like a lot more affordable. It's pretty comparable to more affordable. It sounds more affordable, (laughs) actually a little bit more expensive. So this is advertised as like, you know, $33 a bottle. So people think of it as expensive, but what really matters is the cost per kilo cost per gram of the active ingredient. So this one might be, you know, six and a half bucks. People think, oh, it's less expensive. But on a gram per gram basis, it's actually five to 10% more expensive than this. Okay. That that was a big mental block for people like three bottles, $99. That's too expensive. Yeah. But people are taking sometimes even for bed, people take it before sleep. They take half of a cap full. I mean, that's like 60, 90 90 days worth. So it seems more affordable because it's the cost per bottle is less, Yeah. but the cost for the actual ingredient, uh, it's a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. But a similar price to like prove it buying a pack of ketone salt. So it makes it more like, I think what you're saying is true, like a little more mentally accessible for more people (laughs) to be like, okay, I can try esters now. So, and I appreciate what you're doing because I remember when I first got involved in the keto world, it was like, oh, you can get these esters, but they're like a thousand dollars a serving or something. I'm like, who are these people? Like only Dominic D'Agostino, I think has access to that kind of thing, you know? And so now you've made it accessible for people to try in the general public. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for sharing all your information today. That was super informative. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of that because there's so many questions about ketones in general, but especially esters is kind of this area of like, I don't know. Like, so thank you for, for coming with so much data and so much information and just for what you bring to the ketogenic world, your passion and your desire to help people. It's really beautiful. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Is the best place for people to go ketoneaid.com if they want to order some, yeah. find out more information. Yeah, so we also sell it on Amazon, but Amazon does take a 20% cut. So we prefer buy it on <laughs> our website is, you know, a few bucks less on our website. So yeah, ketonade.com. And okay, uh, awesome. Yeah. And I believe you gave me a, a coupon or free shipping code also on ketonade.com, guys. Right. So if you want to use Coach Tara, you can get that shipped to your house for free. So we might as well not do Amazon. So <laughs> and I don't worry about the shipping. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Frank. It's been such a pleasure interviewing you. And um, we'll uh, hopefully get some people involved in this whole talk and you know, message boards about the effectiveness of ketone esters and how they've been able to use it, not only in exercise performance, but in enhancing their, their brains and um, just increasing their quality of life. So thank you so right. much. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inside out health podcast. I hope this episode served as inspiration and something that you needed to hear in your life. If you have a friend or family member that you think would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. And also please subscribe. I have so many more amazing guests coming. I have just been so gifted and honored to meet so many incredible health professionals in my career. And I cannot wait to share their messages with you guys. So please subscribe. And if you could be so kind as to rate my show, I would really appreciate it. Um, This podcast is honestly an intuitive call to me to help spread goodness to the world. And so if you guys can help me do that, I would really appreciate it. 
Um, if you want more info on this guest, pop over to my website, check out my podcast section, and you can get links to everything we talked about in the show um, and find out more about this guest and what where you can go from here. Um, make sure you're also following me on Instagram. Uh, that is my most active platform. You can find me at Coach Tara Garrison. You can also find me on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter. Everything is Coach Tara Garrison across the board. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to send me a message, guys, and let me know other guests or other topics you want to hear on the show, please let me know. I am here to serve you. So um, would love to hear from you. Would love your feedback on the show. And if you share any of these episodes, please tag me on social media. It's Coach Tara Garrison.